guys, it's Heather. This week's message is about the month of Av and how to seek God. Visit our website to get connected to a house of light today. Enjoy this message. Good morning. It's always really such a huge privilege to be in this pulpit and um, to preach with my pastors, Kent and Bev, and what a privilege they give um, to people like me who get to stand in this place when they have brought the level of service to our congregation to such a high place. So to step into this is a real privilege, so thank you. Um, I'm really excited to share with you this morning. I want to talk to you about finding the presence of God in your unique spiritual pathway. Um, I, I really, I've been saved for a long time, been pursuing God for really diligently for probably the last 25, 26 years, and I have struggled to find the presence of God at times. Yeah? Am I the only one? Um, it's, it's, you know, we, we know what to do, but the truth of it is, is sometimes we don't understand the value of God's presence. You see, God's greatest blessing to us is not to heal us, deliver us, save us, bless us. It's actually to be with us. It's to be with us. The, great, the most frequent promise of the Bible is actually that his presence would go with us. That's the real blessing. That's where all that salvation, healing, good stuff comes from is actually from his presence. The greatest heroes of the Bible were marked by God's presence. It was said of Joseph and all that he went through that God was with him. It was said of Moses and of Daniel and of David. There was something characteristic about them that they literally carried the presence of God, and people knew it. It was tangible. It marked their lives. And I want it to mark my life. And I know you want it to mark your life, but sometimes it's really difficult to access. We, we know the to-dos, like read your Bible, pray, spend time with God. And yet sometimes we'll do those things and we still don't get anything. It's like somehow there's like a, there's a ceiling and, and we don't break through. And it's, it's like that for some of us this morning. Some of you walked in here and you said, oh my God, the presence of God is here. And you felt something. But there is some person here this morning, maybe several people here this morning, and I will ask you to raise your hand, who walked in here this morning and thought, what is all the hype about? <laughs> I don't feel anything. And it's okay. We can, only, we can only make progress when we start dealing with the truth. And the truth is, is that many of us actually, if we were really honest, we may not have felt the presence of God for a long time. We actually practice almost a, and this sounds like a really hard word, but I'm, I just mean it to jolt us into a reality check. We, we, we live with, we're, we live as almost practical atheists. Like we've met God somewhere along the way we, we encountered his presence and we, we got saved and 
we joined a church, went to a life group, we, we started reading our Bible, and we engaged with this, these spiritual disciplines. But they actually aren't changing your life. Like you're not living much different than your neighbor next door who doesn't know God, who doesn't claim to know God. You're, 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 you're not walking in a, in a presence-filled life. And I know for me that as I've pursued God's presence, I'll, I'll go through a season where I'll get really desperate for it. And something will take over and I'll, I'll find myself in God's presence. And it'll be like, oh, thank God. And, but it's, I have treated it almost like a lottery, like, oh, I hit the jackpot today. Somehow I got in here, but I don't know how. The door opened and here I am. And, and I, it's been, the presence of God has been a mystery to me. And so a f- maybe about a year ago, I had, I had been going through a long spell of really doing the things I know to do, but not finding the intimacy of God's presence like I wanted to. And so I, I stumbled first upon a book that um, I, I asked Sally to have for you. It's, it's, if you are interested, it's called Jesus Calling. It's an old devotional. It only takes two minutes to read. And it started compelling me about God's presence. And, and through this book, I started, I started being provoked to finding God's presence. And I started discovering that, that getting into God's presence may not actually be a mystery. I might actually be shaped for it. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into teacher mode. I really, I know on Sunday mornings, it's, you got to be preacher, but I'm actually teacher. And if I could have y'all in a smaller classroom, I'd be thrilled. Um, but we're all here this morning, so you just got to go with me. And I asked the guys if we could use some slides. So I'm going to start with this first slide. It's called Shape. I used to teach this years ago uh, here. It uh, was written out of Saddleback. And Shape, just, this is going to help us kind of with our unique spiritual pathway, stands for spiritual gifts. Um, which are your redemptive gifts. If you don't know what your redemptive gifts and you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, Freedom Track starts the first weekend in August. You need to get in it. You'll learn about this, okay? Um, the, st- the second is heart or passions. That is the things that make you cry. That's the things that compel you, that you feel passionate about, whether that's world hunger or healthcare or, or politics or whatever it is that compels you to action. Those are your heart. Those are your passions. Abilities are anything you know how to do. Anything that you have learned over the course of your unique existence, whether that's your profession or your hobbies or things you were forced to learn how to do, um, maybe like cut the grass or whatever that is, those are your unique abilities. The next is personality. In a broad sense, that's extrovert and introvert. We know this is a science the most common one probably that you've been exposed to in the workplace is maybe Myers-Briggs. Uh, we know that each of us is here this morning with a unique personality, and you know that because your neighbor is unique, are they not? Um, the next is experiences, good and bad. All the totality of your life has made you a uniquely shaped individual to serve God. Isn't that exciting? Nobody is like you. But the problem is, is it's really hard to serve a God that you may not know and that you may not have encountered in a very long time. And so we really, I believe that we can unpack the mystery this morning. The truth is, is that Moses 
It is said of the children of Israel that they knew his deeds, but Moses knew his ways. And I think we can be like Moses is. I think we can know how to find God. But unfortunately, we have often in the church world used this one-size-fits-all method, right? And it's this. It's read your Bible, pray every day, attend church, participate in a life group, serve or volunteer, and give. And if you check all of those things, a lot of times you can feel, and, and the, the leader, redemptive, ruler, organizer is like Craig smiling at me. He knows if you check all those, because we like to check off things, Craig and I do, that we feel really good about ourselves. But the problem is you can check it all off and still not get in it. You can spend all this time and still nobody will think, oh, that person's really been with God, <laughs> right? Because the truth is, is that the presence of God will mark you and you can do all those things and still not be marked by God's presence. Because the truth is, many of us actually fail at those things. I mean, like today, most of us didn't read our Bible because we were coming to church, right? So it cancels out like somebody else is reading the Bible for you today, right? <laughs> I mean, we know. We're church people. We know, right? But the problem is this should is never a good motivating factor. I don't, I don't, I'm not with my husband because I should be. I'm with my husband because I want to be. Relationships are not driven by obligation. They're, they have to be driven by a heart. Like we have to ask God, one of our passions, characteristic of the people of God should be a desire to be with God. That should mark our hearts. And if it doesn't this morning, then we can pray for that and ask God to do that for you. Because we want to be marked by spiritual lives that look like this. Look, give me this next slide about how's your spiritual life. Because are you living with peace? Are you experiencing joy? Do you have communion with God? Are you living with purpose and satisfaction? Are you living free from fear? These are the things that really mark us because we can only find these in the presence of God. You, you can't work these. You can't do enough spiritual disciplines. There's actually a problem with this question. It's how is your spiritual life? This is actually how is your real life? Because we got to stop compartmentalizing our spiritual life from our life. God wants to live with you. God is not a spiritual discipline. Like some of you really need to learn how to relax with God. Like some of you have done that, you've done that to-do list in the morning, and then you, it's like you're done with God. you got to go to work, and then when you get home from work, like you're done with it all. You're done with work. You're done with God. I, I'm just going to sit on the couch, and I'm going to veg, and I don't want to think about anything else, right? Because God is a discipline. He's a job rather than a relationship because he wants to, in, he wants to watch TV with y'all. He wants to play with your kids with you. He wants to go outside with you. He wants to be part of your joy. He wants to be part of your dinner time and your relaxation time. He wants to invade every part of your life. And I confess, I, I'm preaching this to me too. Because we, we, we all need this. We desire it, but we, we don't know how to translate it into everyday experience. So as I was reading, you can take this slide down, you guys. Um, as I was reading Jesus Calling, I, I got a takeaway from that. And I, I don't know, honestly, as if you read it this year and you find it, please tell me because I don't know if I made it up or if it was actually written in there. 
But I, I took this statement away about a year ago. And it's, if you'll put it up there, it's who God is, is where he is. And where he is, is present. Now, I just want you to roll that over in your mind for just a minute. Who God is, is where he is. And where he is, is present. And for some reason, as I began to say this over and over again in my mind over the last year, I literally drew God into whatever present reality I was in. And I realized that it became a prayer for me. Like it invited, it, 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 it forced me to say, oh, God is here with me right now. And you might say, you know, well, that's, that's really not, that's not expressive of who God is entirely. Well, no, it isn't, of course, because who God is where you are may be different from where I am. Okay? Because the, the reality is we're living different lives and experiences because we're shaped differently. But you cannot find somebody if you don't know where they are. <laughs> right? You can't, if I, if I, we can't find somebody if we don't know where they are. And what I am telling you is where he is, is present. Like right in this moment, right now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now. He is a right now God. And I realize that if, if, if our focus determines what we experience, and if we don't focus on his presence right now, we will never experience his presence. Because his presence, our only reality, is the present. This reminds me of Jacob, who we know was running from his brother, who was in a terrible situation, right? And he, he's, he lies down to sleep, and he has a literal encounter with God. Angels ascending and descending. And he wakes up, and he says, in Genesis 28, 16, he says, surely the Lord is in this place. Not was. The actual verb is present tense. He is in this place, and I did not know it. See, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is in your place, whether you know it or not. And if we will just open our spirit up, if we will open our recognition, our, if, we will, if we will be present in this moment, we will find that he's actually there. He can actually be perceived. You will actually encounter him. If, if you will acknowledge that the place where you find him is right now and in this place. So when is also important. And when is now. It's, it, here, here's, the real, here's the real catch, the pitfall. Is that we normally live in two different worlds. And they are not right now. The first is past. Now, we, we've all, we're all guilty of this. We find God in the past. This is, put this one up, revivals of the past. You know, that's back in the times when everything was so much better. The, the music was better, and God really used to move, and the anointing used to be there. And, and, and that is the wish I would have, and I could have, and when I was younger. And so we, we fall into the trap of the past, which is always either those were better times, you know, America was a better place back then, or, or 
the regrets. Man, we're so trapped in either a beautifying of the past or a regret of the past. And here's another that we really find in the past. We find a whole lot of shame. When, you, when, when, you, when most of us live in stories of the past, they're usually, uh, they're usually characteristic by shame. And one thing I know about Jesus, it says in Hebrews 12, that he went to the cross despising the shame. He really wanted to get shame off of us. And if we live in now, you cannot be ashamed. Come on, Jesus. The other pitfall is the future. Man, the future is just as tricky because that means I'm going to. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'll get closer to God. One day when I'm sober longer, I have more money, I have more time, or I have better relationships. So we either, we either say we're going to procrastinate it, we're going to put it off when we're better people sometime, when we get better, do better, are better, one day. And so we say one day in the future. But here's, here's the problem, and here's the biggest characteristic of the future is that the future is where fear is. Fear is only experienced by living in the future. You cannot live in the present and be afraid. Come on, there's some people here this morning, I know it really, really sincerely, that you live with anxiety and panic attacks and you are plagued by fear, and it is because you live in the future. And I believe the Lord wants to deliver you this morning. You cannot live in the present and be afraid. Outside of immediate danger, like somebody's, you know, you're about to fall off the side of a cliff, you, if you live in the present, you cannot be afraid. Isn't that powerful? God wants you to live free from fear. By living in the present. Perfect love casts out fear. And who is God? He is God with us. That's what the promise of Jesus was, right? God with us, Emmanuel, right now. He's the God of the I am. Amen? So today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to seek God's face. So how do we do that? I believe we can do that through your unique spiritual pathway. God made you to access him uniquely. Another book that I discovered along my journey was a book called God is Closer Than You Think. It's by John Ortberg, and that's actually where I got some of this teaching material. It's a really, really powerful book, and if you're interested in learning more about what I'm teaching this morning, it might be a good place for you to start. There are seven, seven spiritual pathways I'm going to run through really quickly, um, and I believe that you will probably find one or two of these, probably two, that you're most inclined to. And this is what I want you to realize, is that these are the ways that are easy for you to find God. If you will recognize yourself in these and then position yourself and allow yourself permission to find God in your unique spiritual pathway instead of a to-do list, I think you'll find it's easier than you think to access the presence of God. And it's not a lottery system. It's not a mystery. It actually is attainable and achievable for you. Amen? So the first one I want to start with is intellectuals. Intellectuals are those that find God with thought, 
They like ideas, concepts, theological discussions. This is not a much, as much about IQ. This is really important because some of you who think you're not smart are actually intellectuals. You, you see God as a search for understanding. Truth is really much more important to you than feeling. You feel close to God when you study. This means when you read books or your Bible or whatever. Um, and, and you're the guy who's probably waiting for worship to be over so the real service will start. <laughs> And you don't have to be ashamed. Worship may not be the way you find God's presence. And that's really okay. That doesn't mean that you don't have to worship because we have to practice other pathways. We have to be well-rounded people in the kingdom. But you can know that this is an easy pathway to you for God. And I was trying to think of some people that you might associate or know that might be kind of poster children for intellectuals. And I would say amongst our congregation, that's probably Mayor Harris. Anybody know Mayor? He's an, he finds God through intellectualism. Okay, the next one, servants. Um, these are people who find God through service. They feel close to God when they're helping. They have a deep conviction that serving the least of these is serving God. They're uncomfortable if they don't have a role to play. They feel frustrated when teachings are not practical. Service, compassion, counseling, helping are priorities. Um, poster child for these, this one is probably Sally McClure. Amen. Anyone who knows Sally and knows how she serves around here knows that that is how she feels the presence of God. Worshippers. Um, that poster children are all our worship team. <laughs> um, these are people like David who said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Worship can never go too long for these people. Um, they have a natural gift for expression and celebration. They feel God most... See, uh, when praise and adoration are given voice, their car is likely a rolling sanctuary and their speakers are at max. Amen. <laughs> we have a lot of those here. Um, these are the poets, the artists, the actors, those who give rise to verbal and um, demonstration to expression. The next one are relationals. These are those who find God through relationships. Um, this is a relational church because Kent is a relational. <laughs> you can always feel really special if you've been with Kent during the week because, um, you know, you're getting an insight on a sermon, but then you realize that everyone who's had access to him, chiefly poor Miss Bev, she's heard his sermon 10 times before he gets here on Sunday. <laughs> um, he is a relational. Relationals are most, relationships are most important. They delight in people, in conversations, in shared community. Um, they might be life group junkies. <laughs> Friendship and accountability are very important for them. Group prayer is far easier than solitude. These people are not big fans of being alone. Um, activists, these are people who find God through a cause. They're highly energetic. Their passion and zeal are characteristic for them. They need a cause. They aren't afraid of confrontation. Their mantra is, I've got to do something. Um, they like a challenge. They rally people to action. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if that's Bev's entire one, but that's certainly part of Bev. That's why we have Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 is the pathway of the activist. It's those who say, Project 58 is, there's poverty in the world, and we need to address that. And if we do that, that brings the presence of God to people. Amen? Okay, the next one, the naturalist. These are people who find God in nature. They have to be outside. They're runners, cyclers, hikers, campers. They hear God best when they're, in than when they're surrounded by nature. There's something deeply life-giving about finding God in nature. 
The earth is God's temple. Um, A few weeks ago when Scott Stansfield was preaching, um, he was talking every time about his revelation, and it was outside while he was running. You know, the naturalists are the people who make all the rest of us feel bad, you know, because they're the ones who are in shape, right? Um, So these are the people who really don't find God oftentimes in this atmosphere, but hear God much more uh, deeply and uh, in, in a way that is recognizable for them when they're surrounded by nature. And then the last one is contemplatives. These are people who find God in reflection. They need large blocks of time alone, often in silence. They were the kids whose parents told them to go outside. Solitude and reflection come natural to you. You're likely an introvert. Journaling comes easy for you, and relationships are work for you. And I will tell you that actually this is what I am. And for those of you who are contemplatives, we don't live in a very contemplative world. We live in a really, really noisy world. And if you're a contemplative, you're probably going to have to find permission. You're going to have to give yourself permission to find this time. It's going to be really, really important for you. Because what happened to me and where my struggle was is that I, because because the world tells us we have to be productive and because I, because I do have responsibilities and I, I do have things that I need to do every day and I can't necessarily spend large blocks of time alone with God, I struggled to give myself permission to do that. And so wherever, however you are shaped is what you, where you will find God's presence. And so I believe that there is a message in this word for each one of us. I think what the Lord is trying to say to us is, I want to be with you. And there's a natural and, and, and if you will, almost easy way for you to find God's presence in your own unique spiritual pathway. You've just got to, you've got to position yourself in it. And so as I close, I, I have a little exercise that I would like to do with you. And, and this, is, this really is going to close us. Um, but I believe, as I said this morning, that there are many people who are living in the past in shame and guilt and regret or in the future in fear and dread and anxiety. And I believe this morning that the Lord would like to heal us. And so, if you would, first I would like you maybe just to kind of get by yourself right there in your seat. Maybe close your eyes if that's what it takes for you to to block out distractions. And recognize that who God is, is where He is. And where He is is present. In fact, we can personalize that a little bit more this morning and say, Father, who you are is where you are. And where you are is present. Present with me right now and in this moment. And I need and desire to feel your presence. Begin right now by reminding yourself that the only thing that is real is this moment. And the only thing that can ultimately matters 
is that you are submerged in God's love right now. Remain mindful of the fact that perfect love that God expressed by becoming a human and dying on a cross to redeem you engulfs you right now. Remind yourself that you could not be more loved than you are in this moment. You could not have more worth than you have this moment. Your life could not be more significant than it is at this moment. Remain mindful of the truth that this is not because of anything you have achieved or ever will achieve in your life. It's because of who God is and who you are as defined by Calvary. Remind yourself that this perfect love never began, never ends, is never threatened, and never wavers. As you breathe your next breath, let it represent your decision to breathe in God's loving presence and all these truths associated with it. As you breathe in God's love, exhale everything else. Just take a deep breath right now and exhale everything else. All your possessions, achievements, reputation, future aspirations, health, beauty, relationships, anything else that could possibly be a false source of worth and significance to you. And as you relax in the sufficiency of God's presence, see all these potential idols evaporate in the light of God's ever-present love. He is present with you right now. Lord, we just thank you for your presence coming right now. We thank you right now for removing anxiety, fear, dread of the future. Right now, I pray, Lord, that you would heal neurological pathways that run so easily to panic. The profuse sweating, the increased heart rate, all these things that lead to panic and anxiety. I pray you would heal people right now with your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. We can be perfectly ourselves in God's presence. You cannot be inauthentic in God's presence. You can only be you. So, Lord, I thank you right now for unique spiritual pathways that people are made, they're perfectly designed to find your presence. And I thank you that your word is true and that you will reveal yourself to your people, that you are in this place and that we can be aware of it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you stand to your feet with me? Here's the truth. God sounds like me. 
He sounds like me. When he talks to me, he sounds like me. If you want to know how God sounds, he sounds like you. It's crazy, but he does. He's way more profound than you, maybe more wise than you, maybe the smarter decision to make than you. But if you want to hear God's voice, don't be surprised. He sounds like you. He uses meaningful concepts that that touch you. He uses songs and words and pictures that will move you. So expect him to sound like you. It's really okay. He does. I believe. Can, can we even dream for a minute what it would be like if we show up here next week and we've all been in the presence of God? Man, his glory will be showing on our faces. We'll be like Moses. We'll be people marked by the presence of God. And I believe he will be all sufficient for everything that you need, everything that you're worried about, everything you're anticipating this week. I want you just to say, you know what? I'm going to live right now. I'm going to live in this present moment right now, and I'm going to trust God with the future. See, when we live in the present moment, we can be grateful for his past preservation, for his grace and mercy that covers the past, and then we can trust God with the future. We can have hope for a good plan and a good future ahead, and then we can find his presence right now because who God is is where he is. And where he is is present. So I bless you this week to experience God's presence for yourself personally. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv or download the Wayo app. If you're ready for your next step, jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.